This is the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, where we talk about inclusive education, why it works, and how to make it happen. Join me today as I welcome Maureen from Include NJ and a parent advocate who shares her family's experience of what inclusive education looks like in two different states where they have lived. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. I am your host, Arthur Aston, and today I am joined uh, by my co-host today, Maureen from Include NJ. And our guest today is a parent of a child who receives special education services who will be sharing their family's experience of fighting for inclusive education. So thank you both for joining me today for this uh, episode. Thanks for having me. Uh, so to begin our conversation, um, your your family has experienced, uh, has had two very unique experiences with uh, school districts related to inclusive education. Can you share what those two experiences were like for your family? Yeah. Um, who's had the experience of a public education system in two different states where the approach towards neurodivergent children with IEPs and their education and school environments couldn't be more different. Um, I would say that our perspective on inclusion in our current district in New Jersey uh, has really deteriorated um, over the last year. uh, as I explained to Maureen when I first reached out to include NJ um, about the special services in our district, um, a lot of things here made me feel very uneasy. And I had come from a district where my child got everything they needed and was very included um, to a place where the first thing they wanted to do was separate and segregate them in a separate classroom, separate hallway, separate everything. Um, And the moment we came here uh, from that district, it was really interesting because uh, the two (laughs) were so different. Um, You know, we, I never knew how good it was, you know, in our other district, um, in our other state from from where we moved, um, because we never heard words like inclusion and gen ed and everything was fine. And we had been new to the whole special uh, education environment, special services and having an IEP. I didn't even know how the whole thing, like I didn't even know what an IEP was, you know, when we had actually um, started this journey and I didn't realize how much, how much we had to pay attention to it, you know? And when we were in our other state, um, I never really even had to think twice about it. My child was in an integrated classroom and any modifications or accommodations, um, any support happened within the classroom. It looked great. It was wonderful. I didn't think twice about it. I didn't have to, you know? And then when we moved, back to New Jersey. Um, The first thing that happened, like, as I mentioned, was uh, they suggested separating my child. So our first IEP meeting, I felt very 
kind of dismissed and my concerns about why are you trying to separate my child uh, when he come from an integrated setting for the last year, you know? And, um, you know, they convinced us it was going to be really supportive. We'll get all the services they, you know, they sold it to us. And um, it hasn't been the greatest experience for us. And um, it, it just, to be honest, I have just felt here versus there, just very, almost as a separate community of people. I don't, I didn't even know what their classroom looked like until um, we got to see um, a meet and greet uh, when the, at the start of this year. And it just broke my heart because it was a completely different environment than what we had just come from. It was small. It, the tables were all separated from each other. There was very little social interaction for the kids. Um, and it just broke my heart to kind of see that they were not getting the experience of school and the social aspect of it and the academic aspect of it for that matter. So it was just very, very, very different um, experience and um, not a positive one here. And you know, one of the things that, um, that, that kind of spoke to my heart when um, I first talked to this mom about inclusion, um, was that she was explaining um, how her child um, in in the other school was out on the playground playing with all the other kids, had friends, um, you know, was part of a community. And when she came to this new district, um, she went to the playground and her child was kind of standing alone, didn't know anybody. Um, and the other thing thing that was really kind of appalling to me was that the the, the children with IEPs um, to the, the the segregation was so much that to the point where they came in separate doors um, their classrooms were all in a separate hallway so they were in a public school building but they were in a separate hallway and and one of the things that her child did which I thought was really cool um, was that asked the teacher if could go eat lunch with all the other kids, meaning go into the cafeteria and eat lunch with the kids. And so as the story kind of unfolded, um, I, I just felt that, you know, um, child um, deserved um, the same things that had been um, afforded in the other states, include NJ kind of came into the picture and said, we're gonna make this work. We're gonna make this work. We're gonna make this happen. And that was just really important to me on a professional level, but also quite honestly on an emotional level. Yeah, I also want to add that, um, like, it was just so nice to watch them kind of playing in the playground and being happy and then coming here and just kind of witnessing this kind of change in the demeanor of, like, um, you know, coming home from school, uh, just being frustrated. And I never really understood what was going on where these were things that didn't even cross my mind in our other state. And um, one of the things like when my child got their diagnosis, I remember going into the classroom um, to speak with the teacher in our other state. And I said, oh my gosh, what changes? What changes day-to-day -day activities? Um, I'm just worried about this. And she looked at me and said, nothing, nothing changes. Everything in the classroom is already modified 
uh, or accommodated. And the only thing that really changes is a little word on IEP and that's it. And tomorrow we just continue as we've been going. And um, the other thing, when we had our IEP meetings that I didn't think of at the time, we would meet in the classroom, all the, the team, the therapists, the case manager, we'd meet in the classroom. They'd look around and say, this is, you know, what the kids have been doing. This is what your child does. And it was just very informal and calming. And as a parent who worries about their child, especially if, you know, you get a diagnosis of any kind of neurodivergent, um, anything, neurodivergent um, diagnosis of any sort, um, you already worry, right? Like, how is this going to separate my child? Or how is this going to separate my child from their just from like experiencing things and uh there they just created this atmosphere of just like you're just part of this and this is what we do here and where here it was very I don't know if this is in all districts of course but like here it was just very we're, we're in like a conference room we're all standing there and or sitting there and they're just talking about your child and a lot of jargon and terms you don't understand and as a parent if you're not educated in all of this and you know this is a first time coming around and being like, oh my gosh, an IEP, then we'll have to do special services. Um, you're already worried about everything from how different how different are they going to be to the other children? Um, is this just going to highlight their differences even further, you know? Um, and you don't really know what's going on and they kind of convince you of like, oh, this is going to be good for your kid. This is going to be good for your kid. This doesn't even feel like a like a conversation, like a back and forth. Like um, they're you're just kind of like dismissed because they just do what they do with, all of these kids, they just seem to lump them over in this classroom over here. It doesn't matter what their individual needs are. Um, and I mean, just, I don't feel relaxed here. I feel stressed all the time here where I didn't even think of these things in my other state, you know, in, in our other state where we live, right? These are things that didn't even cross my mind. So, I mean, the difference was very like just day and night. There's, there was so much of, of what you said there that you know, really caught my attention. And um, Maureen, I'm really happy that you're uh, here for this conversation as well. Um, you know, the segregation part that you mentioned where like everything was just totally separate. And um, the last part of, of toward what you were saying about, um, you know, the, the language that is being used. And if you're a parent who is not familiar with that, um, and that's where you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that you, uh, your family connected with include NJ because they can, you know, help with assisting you through all of this and, um, you know, help you understand better because a lot of times, like you said, if it's your first experience, um, you know, with this uh, inclusive education and, um, you know, you, you don't know the right words and, and all the words that are being said to you. So, um, you know, it's it's really uh, really great that you're connected with Include NJ to help through all of uh, all of this uh, process and this journey that you're on now with your family. Um, so the next question I have is, uh, why do you feel that inclusive education is important and beneficial for not just students with disabilities, but for all students? This actually, I feel really strongly about, and this is what gets me to like so passionate about this because um, I feel like in our current district, uh, the segregated environment from the gen ed children feels like, like I mentioned before, we're a separate community. And it begs the question, how does the, how do the gen ed kids 
learn and understand children who are different in some way, right? I mean, everybody is different, so we should start there. But if your child is neurodivergent, um, how, if you don't start young, especially, you know, um, this is coming from my background as I used to um, teach little kids tennis. And I really liked teaching kids between like the six and nine years of age. You know, they were very innocent and accepting, younger as well. But um, I just liked that I could actually teach like proper things opposed to um, super basic things for younger, younger kids. But the younger they were, the more accepting they were. They didn't have preconceived notions about things, right? What's normal, what's not normal, what's typical, what's not typical. Um, I always think of this example of like, if a, like a young toddler saw, you know, somebody all of a sudden float in the air and go away, they would probably be like, this is great. Where everyone else would be like, oh my gosh, nobody does that. Why are you like floating, right? Um, because to them, they have no notion of what is typical. Um, so to me, the earlier you introduce children with differences, the earlier you start educating and producing, I don't know the word, but maybe not producing, but the sooner you do it, the more you're gonna have these kind of children that are growing up to become more open-minded um, teenagers, adults. Um, and on top of that, if social behaviors are so integral to daily life of any neurodiverse child or person, why aren't these children in a setting that models what is considered typical behavior and then vice versa? Why aren't genetic kids learning to understand neurodivergent behaviors? Um, to me, learning is understanding and understanding leads to, be, to this kind of acceptance. Um, and we believe this environment, um, my husband and I believe that this kind of environment only furthers the divide in the long run for my child, uh, for our child. And um, I think that we need to provide the experience and tools for neurodivergent and neurotypical children to navigate the real world where they're not sheltered from differences of others. Um, and the sooner you can do that, you know, the better for everyone, you know? And ultimately this just feels, and this is totally my personal belief, uh, like a breeding ground for bullying because these differences, if they aren't highlighted early enough, it just creates this chasm between, you know, um, children who are different or, you know, those kids, those kids that enter through that door, or those kids that take the short bus or whatever it is that, you know, kids will say about each other. Um, it's just creating this divide that we could be working on so early, you know? And my child was pretty young, they're five, and I'm, already worried that this divide has grown even in the past year just because of being here you know and how Maureen had described how um, I talked about the going out of the playground and it's like why create the divide when there's always going to be a divide you know we're always going to feel the differences whether um, we want to or not uh, we are already worried about our kids all the time and this kind of environment does nobody any favors <laughs> And I, yes. I, I, th I think I think one of the other things that that we we always talk about um, is that um, there when when kids you know graduate from high school there's there's no special ed world um, there there is the world and I think that you know we we have to start um, at a really young age teaching kids about diversity teaching kids about acceptance 
And what's the best way to do that? It's not sitting and lecturing them and talking to them about it. It's showing them. It's showing them that, you know, we're all different. We all have, you know, different attributes. Um, and, and learning to accept those attributes is, is just such a, um, such a critical thing for especially the younger kids to learn and grow up with. That's so true. I, um, I, um, Maureen, I've met you before, but I, I didn't share with you that I also have a disability. So I was born with spina bifida. I use a wheelchair and um, crutches and braces to walk. But I, um, I've shared it on this podcast before. I love that my friends allow me to spend time with their children from their earliest days through, you know, till now that some of them are nine and 10 years old. So it's no big deal that I have to use a wheelchair. You know, the first time, uh, usually I'll, I'll use my crutches uh, if I go to their house, but if we go out in public, I use a wheelchair because it's easier for me to get around. So sometimes the, the child might be like, okay, like that's different. I don't know what that is, but you, like you said, you have to show them the experience and just talk them through it. It's a wheelchair, nothing's wrong. I'm fine, I'm the same person. I just have to use it because it's easier for me to walk long distances. You know, we're walking in the mall or out in the, in the city or at the zoo or wherever. And it's, you know, it's just, it's no big deal to them. And uh, again, after, you know, like you said, after high school, there's no, you know, there's no separate worlds. It's just the world and we're all, you know, out here together. So it's uh, the earlier we can um, share these experiences of differences and diversity with children, it's, it's definitely more beneficial for them um, as they continue to go through school. And then as they get older and go out into the real world and, you know, they're more aware of, of things and, um, you know, and, and aware of people and their differences that, that exist in the world around them. So it's, um, you know, it's really, really important to start this whole thing early of inclusion and, uh, you know, educating about differences. I think that's so important to mention. Yeah. And one of the things that we were told actually, some of our meetings was, uh, you know, your child isn't always going to necessarily be in the separate classroom. You know, we're working towards including them. We're working towards, you know, integrating them. And to me, it's how are you working towards that? If, if they're not present around um, the typical behavior that is expected of them um, in the gen ed class or wherever, um, they're not even aware of what is expected of them. And then, you know, they use an example like, oh, well, we put them in this integrated class and they didn't do too well. Um, and I'm thinking, well, if you keep segregating and separating, their, their expectation, like what their expectation is of them is so like, they have no idea, you know? And um, to me, as a child, as children get older, they just become more self-conscious about their own differences, whatever they may be, neurotypical, neurodivergent. You're going to feel differences. And I feel like, you know, I hear from other parents, um, you know, they, as they get, as they're getting older, they're gonna, you know, incorporate them more into the gen ed environment. And I'm thinking, well, when all of these kids are so self-conscious about themselves, um, and this is kind of what leads to that kind of bullying that I'm, I'm thinking of, where um, children will point out differences of other people to almost like deflect off of their own discomfort with themselves or their self-consciousness. and why why put a neurodivergent child in that in the line of fire at, at these older ages when the kids you know are there trying to you know 
um, deflect attention off of themselves, uh, that doesn't help anyone either. It certainly doesn't help uh, the neurodivergent child who's only going to feel uncomfortable with these settings moving forward, but also um, the neurotypical children um, will always kind of just see them as them, you know, it won't be like, you know, he or she is a peer of mine. Um, and this is just, this is how they do things. This is normal for them, right? Um, to me, it's just this whole excuse of waiting until they're ready um, doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, that's uh... ready or not. Here we come. That's what I say. <laughs> that's my motto. <laughs> that was good. That was funny. <laughs> um, so we've we've shared uh, already that you have been working with Maureen and the team there at Include NJ. Can you share um, how working with Include NJ has been beneficial uh, for your family? Well, specifically for me, it. But well, you know, they, Maureen, Monica, um, it really, they really just showed me that my concerns for inclusion here were justified. That, you know, when I was being told all of this, you know, through the media meetings with the schools or the IP meetings, um, where I honestly kind of felt like I didn't know what was going on. Um, and I shouldn't, shouldn't feel that way, you know? Um, and they agreed with me too. Like, yes, you should know that if you're in a meeting as a parent and you're being included in it, you should know the words and the um, jargon, what they mean. They should be explained while they're talking to you. You know, um, you should feel included in your com the school community. You shouldn't feel the sort of um, uh, separateness, this kind of segregation. You know, your children shouldn't, your child shouldn't be like highlighted this way. And um, I don't know, it just kind of justified all right, good. It's not just me in my head that thinks that. Uh, this could, I, could I just say something? When we talk about inclusion and, and we see this with lots of parents, it's it's not just about the um, inclusion or exclusion of their child. But, you know, so where, where, where do parents, where, where does a parent's community come from? The parent's own community. And typically it comes from schools in, you know, in the PTOs and in all the school activities and all of those other things. So if if, par if parents of, of children um, who have IEPs are also not included, um, you know, they're, they're not part of the school culture, the school community. Um, I think that, you know, a, a lot of parents feel um, disenfranchised from the school. And, and so where is their community? And I think that's, that's a really important thing that parents need to um, understand is that it's not just your child being separated. But it's it's you it's it's you as a parent who's being separated from the the school community, and, and that that's that's just not right. My next question is: What have been some challenges that you have faced when working for inclusion for your child? I, I was I kind of made that point where it was justified in how I felt, but I agree because um, it, it didn't feel this way from our other state, but here. Um, just the fact that you know I'm watching all of these parents all talking to each other and um, the kids they're kind of interacting and I'm thinking like if my child keeps getting like separate like keeps being treated like separately they don't know their peers um, it just starts from the classroom right like this is where they meet each other this is where their friendships grow their groups grow this goes this 
uh, leads to what activities after school, setting up play dates, parents getting to know each other, parents doing things together, like she's like Maureen mentioned, the PTO, the community. And honestly, like here, I have just felt as a lone parent standing there waiting for my kid at the separate entrance exits. And, um, you know, half the time it's like some kind of aid helps walk out my child who has shown that that they can actually do this on their own. So it's almost like, well, this is like a normal, this is supposed to be some kind of, um, excuse me, this is like a, not normal, but like, this is what a typical behavior should be anyway. If they can, you know, walk themselves out a door, why aren't they walking themselves out of the door? Or why, like, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just, you know, it's just so separate, you know? And then if the aid comes out, I can't even find out what they did during the day because I have to really talk to the teacher. Um, and then we just go and there's really no one I can relate to because I, I honestly feel like these other parents that are around me might feel the same way, a little lost and just also confused as to what's happening because, you know, your, your child goes to the school, but the activities don't seem like catered to you or you just kind of feel separate. Um, and even when it comes to planning things and, you know, uh, planning events or activities, when they do consider the children um, that are uh, neurodivergent um, or whatever they may be, right? If they're ADHD or on the spectrum, um, it's constantly like they are reaching out to, to us as their parents to say, like, it's nice, like, you know, there's like kind of an approach, there's an attempt at an approach to try to make this more inclusive and yet we get called out on it all the time where I feel like as an explanation to that in our other state, uh, headphones would be provided for our kids if they need it or don't need it. And this was provided for everyone. Um, a separate area, a walking path, a sensory path was there for kids that just needed a body break. This wasn't kind of directed at anyone, but it was just directed at everyone. Right. So instead of sitting and making meetings about what can you do to make this easier for your child? Why don't we just create that environment for any kid that needs it? You know what I mean? Like, let's say there's an activity after school and it might be loud. It could be some kind of, I don't know, pizza afternoon and playground and stuff. Why is it like, let's highlight this classroom for those children if they need a quiet space. Um, why can't it just be the quiet space for any kid that might need a quiet space? Why can't their headphones, like uh, noise canceling headphones, be there just for you know a child if they need them. Um, and even this here, this effort at trying to be inclusive still makes me as a parent feel separate still, you know? Like even as they try to like bring us in, um, I just feel like they're still creating like this separate community of people who still exists, you know? I think one of the things that um that was that was great was when we when we first got the um, when we first got the referral when we first got the call um, it was just such a refreshing um, she was so refreshing to work with um, because she was a parent who came um, knowing having having her child had been included um, knowing what it looked like um, and she came knowing what she wanted so for us that include NJ it was easier for us to um, to work with with her and her district 
um, to make that a reality for her child so that her child was not um, was no longer in a separate self-contained class, um, moved into the gen ed class. Um, and it, it took um, it took meetings, it took a lot of work, it took a lot of determination. But you know, we had a parent who strongly believed in this and 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 really wanted it. So it was just, you know, it it it, it has been a pleasure um, working with her family and you know, just seeing um, her child now be included. Um, and just knowing that, um, and you know, this, this, I always say, this is, this is not the end point. This is the journey that we're on. Um, and you know, it's, it's, we still have a lot of tweaking to do, but um, I think the thing that um, I'm most proud of is, is that we were able to um, help um, move from a separate self-contained class into a gen ed class with the appropriate supports and accommodations and all of the services that um, her child needs. Um, so, you know, to me, through Include NJ has just been just such a, a posh, I, I call it, she's like my best friend now, my, my Include NJ mother, <laughs> <laughs> my poster child. <laughs> and I, I think, Maureen, I think what you said there was very important about it being a journey of, you know, you're on a journey and, uh, you know, it, 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 it takes time, unfortunately, like a lot of things, it, it takes time and um, to have the uh, connection and to be connected with you all there at Include NJ is, um, you know, I'm sure it's, it's very helpful. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, things are, you know, you're working and, and it's a journey that continues. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that we are uh, having this conversation today. The one thing I will definitely add is that um, all of this obviously is very challenging, but when you're, when it feels like you're fighting for inclusion for your child to make a kind of a difference in the community or make a difference in um, how people see this in your community, you need other parents of neurodivergent children or neurotypical children on board with you as well. Um, I find a little bit of the challenge, another little challenge, not really a little, kind of a big challenge, but that I feel like I'm facing is when I speak to other parents, you know, I have had uh, parents say, oh, this, you know, as far as inclusion goes, they're very inclusive, they integrate everything. And it just boggles my mind that they think that this is what inclusive looks like. Um, because I, you know, I, I know what it looks like. <laughs> you know, I just came from what that looks like. Um, to a place where um, the littlest accommodation for our children is made and all of a sudden it's being praised as this, you know, inclusive environment when it really isn't. Um, and for parents uh, who have neurodivergent children who need a lot of support, right? I think a lot of the services and um, just the education that is provided in this particular district um, there's a lot of these services provided. So I think they're so grateful for the help that they don't even stop to think that their child isn't, is segregated, is separate, and they're not in the environment. Um, and it doesn't do their child any favor. So when I talk to some of these parents who think that this is so great, you know, they have all the services they need, um, I, I struggle with the parents that don't understand how important it is 
to get their children into the neurotypical, I don't know, I'm using neurotypical in this case, but the gen ed environment as soon as possible, you know? Um, they're so grateful with every little thing that, that they don't understand the social aspect and how important it is in the long run. Um, so I find that a little bit challenging too with the parents that think this is okay. You know, it's interesting what, uh, how people view inclusion in different, um, you know, in different ways and, and what it, what it means to them. And, uh, based off of your previous experience and, uh, the previous school district and, uh, what you're experiencing now, it's, you know, two totally different things. And, uh, you know, for the parents you may be talking to, this may be their only experience of what inclusion is. So this is, they have nothing to, else to compare it to like you do. So that is, uh. You know, oh yeah, yeah, they, interesting. They don't, they don't have the experience of it, and I don't want to sit there and, and you know sound like oh I know it all. I really don't. Um, I didn't know that that was the experience I was having when I was having it. Um, when I moved here, when we moved back here, it was really like highlighted to me how great it was before uh, because I had to think about it, you know. And um, I'm here, and it's like if we want to fight for some kind of change in inclusion for our children we need the support of those parents so that's a little frustrating um because you know i you know i talk to parents i you know i i'm not i'm not really you know i don't exist to kind of like change their minds only but i wish they could experience what we experienced so they knew so they would know what it could what it could be how much better it could be or at least what i think is better <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So the uh, last question I have, it's uh, kind of a, a two-part question, and that is, um, what advice would you offer to districts and what advice would you offer to parents um, who are seeking to have a more inclusive uh, school environment? This concludes part one of my conversation with our guests. Join us again in two weeks when we find out what advice our parent advocate has for districts and for other parents who are working toward an inclusive school environment for their students. In the meantime, be sure to catch up on all previous episodes of the podcast on our website, www.njcie.org forward slash podcast, and be sure to follow us on social media at NJCIE. Until next time.